Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. So what's the prediction of the weather and is anybody sort of scared that having a major in upstate New York at this time is risky? Tony, I'm disappointed that we couldn't have had this conversation yesterday. It was magnificent. It was probably 65. It felt like springtime in anywhere else in the country. And it was 38 degrees when I walked in this morning. (laughs) (laughs) The Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. We're going to have two guests from the PGA today, Chuck Culpepper and Steve Sands, and they're going to have time, right, Michael? Because there's a frost alert. Yeah, I hope they're bundled up. Yeah, it's cold. It was. I got a note from DG at 6.30 in the morning. Because <laughs> it's 33 degrees wind chill at Rochester today. At okay. Oof. We'll get to that later. Um, so I have a bunch of uh, small little things to say. The Nats lose last night. Mackenzie Gore was okay. The Nats failed. They had second and third, nobody out in the seventh, I believe. They only got one run across. C.J. Abrams and Lane Thomas both struck out. C.J. Abrams cannot hit a low inside pitch. He misses it by a foot. Huh? It's almost like they have tape. Yeah. You know, that's all you should throw this kid because he can't hit that pitch. They both struck out. And in the next inning, the worst player in the major leagues, Dominic Smith, grounded into a 6-4-3 double play. And Mm. I stopped after. I was done. That was it. I just wrote Chuck Todd a note. I'm done. (laughs) 6-4-3. Get out. Good night. The Marlins record in one-run games is great. Unbelievable. It's great. You know, who manages them now? Because Mattingly hmm. doesn't. Uh, I'm I don't know the guy. I don't know, I don't know the I'll guy. That up. Did they, you, did you, they uh, beat the Nets. Did you hear the booth? Were you watching with uh, volume on? Well, did, Carpenter wasn't there again. Must be another graduation, but yeah. you, get, you get our favorite little booth. Freya. Coco and, and Francis. Yeah. yeah. Skip Shoemaker or Schumacher. That's the manager of the Marlins. Skip Shoe. I would never. If You know what? If you had just said, who is Skip Shoemaker, <laughs> I go, I don't know. Right. I am not. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know who that is. I'm not familiar okay. with him. Um, we had an, a very nice evening. I don't know that I talked about this. On Tuesday, Nigel and I uh, went out to dinner with Ron Flatter. Yes. And we went to Taco Tuesday <laughs> at Columbia. Um, I don't know how I feel about the, these all-you-can-eat things. I mean, I never eat enough to, I think, justify... <laughs> The price on these things, but it was very good. I mean, they had. I'm not a taco, a great taco person. Hard shell taco, soft shell. I, I, I like the stuff inside. Right. Dragons do love tacos. Yeah, well, that's that's something that the kids care yeah, about. Yeah, it's a book. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I, I pile the stuff the on spicy on a soft taco, but I don't eat the taco. No, you use it, it as up. like a mini plate. Yeah, I don't yeah. roll it up. Or so it's more like, like a taco salad. Are you crumbling up your tor- uh, your like crunchy tortilla into the salad? No, no just... I'm leaving the crunchy tortilla to the others. I'm yes. not taking it. Yes, I'm a hard shell. Uh, I'm not taking guy. that. Yes. And they had uh, all sorts of good things. They did. It was really good, but the, uh, the all corn- you can eat from me, I try... Because my strategy is to get more than I'm paying for. <laughs> I eat too quickly, and then I'm full, and yeah. I don't really want any more. Well, you went back for a second round. You had the, the corn. Yeah, but the I mean, all you stick. can eat. Some people, they they train. Yeah, they, they look train at for it. They go five, six, seven <laughs> yeah, times. It's they not Nathan's hot dogs. You know, right. <laughs> yeah, but so, it was I, I, it's very good. And, and we ate outdoors, so you, no threat of COVID. You both know me well that I am not. You're not an eater. I am not an eater. I'm not particularly adventurous eater, but I love Mexican food. We never had that growing up in England, really. Yeah, and I love it. So that it was. I thought it was fantastic. And we enjoyed Ron Flatter's company. Yeah, it's delightful. He's working fellow. for a horse racing website, and he's at the Preakness and. 
you know, he's going to listen to this at some point. He said that his podcast is a complete ripoff of this podcast. It's <laughs> fine. Did you guys? Dan Levitard's radio show is a complete ripoff. Did you visit of my radio the show. third floor to see the uh, undisclosed location? We did not. We did not. No, we, we did, did not. You go take up the there. back staircase. I'm surprised they let you in the front of the house. I no. was shocked as well that so I got very in nice. very easily. Uh, Michael made the point to me in a in a note yesterday that there was no taco bar last night at his house, right? No. Well, I was saying no taco bar to you. I was wondering what you were going to eat. <laughs> um, we had uh, shrimp and um, spaghetti last night. Wow. The shrimp didn't have a lot of taste to it, though. So I'm going to I'm going to try and make it into a shrimp it? salad. Oh, nice. I'm going to try and do that and see what I can do. You know, you, the older you get, you lose your taste buds. But what I wanted to concentrate on today was. Um, the vegetable garden that that I hope Michael puts together for us with the skill and alacrity, is there such a word, and alacrity that he put together yesterday, the second planter. Would you describe So how the you second did that? planter, I changed my approach. I went to the what I would call the most annoying part first, which was putting all the mini slats underneath for the storage shelf, which again required fifty-four number three screws. So but I did you that have, first. But you have that that machine that puts screws in. Yes, yeah, so the, the, I asked if you wanted to use the drill. I was afraid. And you shied away from it, and okay. I didn't want I didn't want to have to call in a replacement, uh, Phil and Frank, for, yeah. for the <laughs> afternoon show. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, so we made it. I made one tactical error, and then afterwards I realized I, I missed one piece, but it's okay. I screwed around the missing piece, but I just love how you were looking at this and, and trying to be the grandfather figure that you are. You've now given over your vegetable garden to my children, this is saying what I, this is now their responsibility. No, no, not their responsibility. I will work it every single day, but this is what I feel. You'll till the ground? We have, I will do that, and water and everything I'm supposed to do. We have now two brand new beautiful planters and one old planter from a couple yeah, of years older, ago. An older cedar And planter. a ceramic pot, a big ceramic pot. My feeling is that each of the planters will hold three plants and the ceramic pot will hold one for a total of 10. And I believe we should get five pepper plants and five tomato plants. And I believe that we should not make the kids do anything, but let them come over and see the growth before the squirrels eat things, <laughs> to see the growth of, of, to think of it as their garden and their vegetables to realize that they don't have to go homeless in their lives if they can grow, you know, food. That's, it's, That's all great, but what you really want is you want me to drive to pick dirt up for you. Yes, I And do. you want me to pick up, now you've given me a, a directive, you want 10 plants. But I will pay for them. <laughs> I think we should just go full Hunger Games on this. We have three planters, we have three grandkids. We can see who loves you the most. Oh, what does that mean? Only three plants? No, three plants for each kid. That's fine. And each individual planter. And that's, then you can have sort of the grandfather yes. uh, one aside. And that's fine. And then I'll take the ceramic pot. Yeah. And we'll just decide whether we put tomatoes or peppers Now, what kind of tomatoes do you? I, I'm not sure you can get the, the big heirloom tomatoes in these because No, heirloom tomatoes, over. no. But I think, I think you can get, you know, the, the normal sort of what they call big boy tomatoes that are not really all that big, the standard size tomatoes. I think you could probably get... A couple of the smaller tomatoes, I don't care about them, but, you know, kids can eat them. You just take them in your hand and eat them, a couple of those. What do they call those little tomatoes? Like a little grape tomato? Grape or yeah. sunburst I don't tomato. Really, yeah. don't really love them. Can I just make one suggestion? Yeah. At any point, if, if you play, don't play around with the kids while putting a tomato in your mouth. Like the Godfather. <laughs> That's the end. It does not end well. That's the end. Yeah. Then Marlon Brando goes. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and in terms of peppers... 
any kind of pepper you want, man. You you're gonna get one of the really hot peppers. I though. always have to keep it interesting. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't you, like the really. You hot had like pepper. habaneros in there one yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are well, fierce. Taught yeah. you a lesson. Yeah, it's the end of those. I mean, those. <laughs> yeah. If you touch them and lick your finger, oh, you're, you're in the, the emergency room. <laughs> you're done. The hospital. Those are really. Those are brutal. Yeah. Um. But you know, I I like to wait with green peppers. I wait for them to turn red, or you can get red peppers. But what are we worried about most? Blossom end rot. Blossom end rot. Mm, I mean, that has attacked us every single year. Blossom end rot. I don't know what to do about that. I mean, I, you know, this is not scaring off an animal. It's not, it's not critter frenzy. No, it's It's blossom end rot. So I don't know. Is there anything like you've also, you've also talked about zucchini. Yeah, that, I saw that, you can't the, do that in a planter. The mounding nature of zucchini, I don't think it will work in that planter, right. but I think we can put it on the ground because that has, once it gets going, it'll produce all season long. Well, we have that other I did patch. some great zucchini fries. We have a night. patch that you can put that in on the ground. I okay, mean, yeah, I, let's, I would try that. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not a zucchini person, but I'm, I'll look at them. I like carrots, but I, I've tried to grow them and I've never had any success yeah, growing it, it, carrots. carrots. Just get carrots at the store. Yeah, and yeah. that's how I feel about lettuce as well. And you know what? That's how I feel about tomatoes. Because you <laughs> well, can, you get you to that point. Once Norman's Farm Stand opens, just go to Norman's. Norman's Farm Stand by June 1st, they're every day. And you can get you can get go a little get, barrel um, of three tomatoes. The heirloom tomatoes. Yeah. I like the purple heirloom tomatoes. Some oh. people like different ones. I, I like, had those. I like the purple ones that look terrible, but they taste great. Whenever, you have to wait till August for them. Whenever you get heirlooms, without fail, something in your grocery cart or, or like in your basket ends up squishing one of them on the way home. And you don't want that. I always heard those are, uh, heirlooms are something you go to a stand for. On the way back from Delaware, oh, you go sure. to Clayton Farms, yeah. or you go to the Norman stands. There's a couple of Norman stands. There's one near East West Highway, yeah, there's and one there's right one on, on Massachusetts S. Avenue. Right yeah. by Little Flower. Yeah. I always heard tale that, that Jersey tomatoes and Jersey the corn were the best. Is that The best. That's true, right? The best. And, and uh, having grown up with yellow corn, when mm. I got to Washington and everybody ate white corn, white corn is definitely sweeter. Sweeter, sweeter yeah. Definitely sweeter. But I like yellow corn better, and you cannot find it in Washington anymore. And that, I believe that is Jersey corn, is yellow corn. And yes, Jersey tomatoes. They are beefsteak tomatoes. Fantastic. But I think you need, I think you, you need, those plants are heavy. And yeah, those need to, some a deeper root structure. Yeah. They need some support. You can't just put them in a planter. No. No. Maybe can't pumpkins. Do I don't grow pumpkins. I don't <laughs> like pumpkins. I hate pumpkins. I hate pumpkins. <laughs> now we'll take a break. Uh, we'll come back with Chuck Culpepper. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. The other day we played somebody who did the mailbag theme, Annie Kress. It was beautiful. She thanked us for playing the jingle and sent two songs more. This is called You Deserve Love. It's a song she wrote a few years ago specifically for Claudius West, who had a difficult upbringing in foster care due to his mother's mental illness. And this was for him. She's... I mean, she's major talent. Yeah. Annie Chris, major talent. 
She plays in Chuck Culpepper. Chuck's at the PGA uh, in Rochester, New York. Full disclosure, it is 8.14 in the morning. Do you have any sense of the temperature and the wind chill right now in Rochester? I checked it a while, a few minutes back, and I think it was around 34, 35. Beautiful. A frost. Yeah. There's a, a frost delay. Yeah. Which happens. Frost delay. I prefer that, you know, PGA used to be in August, so I prefer frost delays to tornado watches yeah. overall. So. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. This is... My complete wheelhouse, I did this with Doug Ferguson yesterday. I did this with Scott Van Pelt yesterday. In Binghamton, New York, one year on May 17th, we had three to five inches of snow. Binghamton's 100 miles southeast of Rochester. <laughs> Rochester, in, in May, it can snow. I mean, it, this is just meteorological fact. It doesn't mean it will. It doesn't mean it won't be 75 degrees at some point, but it can snow there. You wrote a couple of stories. You wrote a big one on Rory yesterday. You wrote a big one on Jason Day today. I'd like to concentrate a little bit more on Rory because Jason Day comes back from injuries. Jason Day's story is, is an athletic story. And Rory's story, or maybe I'm wrong, Rory's story at this point seems to be an emotional story. I'm not sure. I loved Rory McElroy a lot until last year where I actually thought he was helping to create a tour that was pushing out a lot of golfers. You know what I mean? Because there were these invite events and smaller field events and a lot big money events, and they didn't seem to be accessible to guys ranked, say, 85 to 140. And I didn't think, I don't know if Rory thought about that, because I thought of Rory as a very egalitarian person. So my feelings about him are complicated. What are your feelings about Rory McIlroy? I, I I noticed that too last year, and I thought about that. It reminded me of the old uh, a, a line um, attributed to Chris Everett, which was, "When you don't have anything, nobody gives you anything. But when you have everything, people start giving you everything." You know, it's yeah. Like, why do we need to give the big guys even more? I, there is an, a yeah a real element of that that uh, that I feel as well. And I, I just I would really like to see him win another major objectively i'd like to be there i'd like to get to 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 write about it um because he was so great when he won the it was four out of 11 between the 11 u.s open and the 14 pga i believe it was so or four out of 15 and so you know i um i think because of the caliber that he showed at that time and really you know, rational people were allegedly rational. People were talking about how he was going to go to the double digits, you know, and he's going to surpass everybody but Tiger and Jack, maybe. And and that was crazy talk. But the idea that it's gone 32 majors since then is also crazy. So I think basically he's an excellent diplomat for the game and took on that role of of speaking that a lot of players wouldn't during the during the live uprising. And so um. And, and, you know, then, then there's that question of whether that cost him something, and I'm not sure about that. People say it did, but he still won three times and won eight-some million dollars last year. So, yeah, I, I'd, I'd like to see it happen again. I don't think it'll happen again this week, but I'd like to see it happen again. So Rory McIlroy is a golf phenom. He was identified in the way that Tiger Woods was identified at a very young age as being great. He is basically unschooled because he played golf his whole life, and he's— smart 
There's no getting around this. When you hear him talk and articulate positions, he has a depth that many individual athletes or athletes even on team sports, they don't have. And he's got it. And what I will advocate for right here is that he carried water for Jay Monahan. He carried water for this tour. And for reasons that have very little to do with golf, except in the larger scheme, when he didn't make the cut at the Masters, he didn't want to play the next week. Wherever it was, he didn't want to play the next week. And they took away $3 million from him. And to me, Jay Monahan, that, that's I understand the rules. You enforce the rules for everybody. But throw him the money back door somewhere. You know what I mean, Chuck? He carried water for that guy. I agree. He also, he also helped make the, rule, the new rules, so, you know, which, is, which is what caught that's him right. a lot of flack at that moment. You know, so I, I get it. I get, uh, I get why he, he got, the, well, it was considered a lot of flack. I consider it to be a little bit of flack, but I get, I get why he did. Um, I think taking on that responsibility was, was something rare. I think maybe even other players might have benefited from not doing it so much. Um, yeah, but, and, and you also have the, you know, when you see somebody who makes the choice of, of uh, giving up $3 million, it's, it must be a good life going on, yeah. I think. You know, it's, he's got lots of money. Yeah, right. He's, right. he's got lots of money. I just, I just sort, of, I, I sort of felt that there should be an acknowledgement. You know, the acknowledgement was he made the rules, he broke the rules, he understands it. But I think that Jay Monahan should have said, he was on my right shoulder when I needed him. And he should have said that. He also, Rory seems lost now. That make, missing the cut at the Masters seems to have deeply affected him, or am I wrong? Oh, I think that's right. And I, you know, I think I, I, you know, you always want them to come in and speak. You always want to us, the reporters, you always want them to, to you always want to learn more about them. You always think it helps the game in some way. Probably you think of Jack and Arnie and how, how well fans thought they knew them and how that helped the game. But sometimes I, I almost, for his sake, wish he didn't have to speak leading up to these majors anymore because the entire sort of hopefulness of the tone and, and the, you know, his, his capacity to kind of go through for others what he's going through mentally, um, it's, it's gotten to the point where it's, it seems to have had every single possible lead-in tone for these majors, and then it still doesn't work. And the one at the Masters was was nice and chirpy and and hopeful, and and then that happened, you know. And it was baffling. And so, so sometimes I think a good, a nice, good silence could work. Um, although I just loathe saying that. But he, you know, and then. Uh, there was a, a bit of a pivot Tuesday morning that'll probably be acknowledged from here, which is where he said he was asked, are you going to sidestep all these move questions from now just to kind of keep your peace of mind? And he said, yep, that was the whole answer. Yep. So, you know, I think he's realizing that he's tried every single, you know, talkative and mental approach to this and and it and it it has left him lost i think that's what i think i mean and he talks about the mental aspect of golf a lot um jim furick once told me this 
I met Jim Furyk and we were chatting. And he said, you know, it sort of helps in golf not to be too smart. And, and I've always remembered that. And not, not to say that there aren't really smart golfers out there. But if you can plow straight ahead, that sort of helps you. And Rory's always talking about the mental aspect of stuff. And Rory gets, Rory gets hit in a different way than Spieth or Jason Day or Justin Thomas or Brooks Kepka gets hit. More is expected of Rory, don't you think? Isn't that the burden of, of expectations? I do think so, and I think part of that is the, the way he's carried himself so well, uh, and part of that is the way he started off. And, you know, it was four majors by age, was it 25 and three months? So that's what built that. And it, it has built, a, even in the almost nine years now since he won a major at Valhalla in Louisville in 2014, uh, it seems to have built still more even without another major. So more is expected. of him. I think that's true. I'll go to Jason Day because it's a great story you wrote about Rory and a great story about Jason Day. Apparently, if I read both stories correctly, Tiger's helping both of these guys, right? Tiger's reached that's, out to both of these guys. Could you talk about that? That's right. Tiger, not here, not at Oak Hill, uh, but still in the tournament, you know, still very much. He reached out to to Rory by noticing something on, uh, I don't know how, even know how people do this. but On a swing. Yes, yeah, Tiger's brightest observer of the swing saw something through a screen of a uh, of rory and offered help with that and and then tiger and day jason day tiger woods and jason day have had this kind of ongoing you know texting and talking that day talked about yesterday wednesday which is has been to encourage each other while they're skeletal you know systems and musculoskeletal systems were uh you know, so much in question and groaning and 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 hindering their progress or at points, you know, making them stop. So I think it makes a lot of sense that the two of them uh, had have had that communication through the years, Woods and Day. And I think it it sort of suggests to me and Woods' supposed absolute glee over Day winning the Byron Nelson on Sunday says to me that Woods, I think, probably – recognizes how truly great day was for that spell and and maybe i don't know if he can be that again with the body the way it is but you know i think he recognizes something in him that he wants to see fulfilled and that's why he was you know it seemingly in this text ecstatic with uh with some profanity to uh, to uh to you know help explain that ecstasy yeah that, uh, that Day had won on Sunday. Day is very popular. I don't know if he's yeah. very popular with other golfers, but he, he, in his way, and they almost look alike, is as popular as Ricky Fowler has been. Fans really like Ricky Fowler, and fans really like Jason Day, right? Am I correct on that? Day is just a, he's a delight. I've never heard anybody refer to him as anything other than a delight a delight to listen to, a delight to be around. Um, it sort of is, is a bit of a surprise given the uh, – there's clearly an intensity in his head and an expectation of himself that would make a lot of people miserable. But he's, uh, he's not miserable, and he's not miserable to be around ever that I've seen. That's good to know. By the way, I always I add this. 
I assume you've seen this. That, that ad, the forgiveness ad, with Morikawa and Tiger and Rory, that, is, that has made Tiger look better as a human being than anything else he has ever done. Where he goes, oh, I'm still hearing it. Let's move on. Yeah, you know, whatever. It just, it's a, have you, you've seen that ad, right? That's a great yeah. ad. It's yeah. great. Yes. Yeah. It's a, a tailor made ad. It's really good. Because you don't think yeah. of Tiger as one of the guys. And he seems like one of the guys there, even though he seems to be on a higher level than the other guys, right? Yeah, I think the Tiger, the Tiger humanity aspect is something that we've watched kind of sprout and slowly blossom across the years from, you know, to somebody with, I remember being in Atlanta at the tour championship. And I think it's 2018 when he won again after a long time. And the love and the, the love in the audience was just, it was, it's the foremost thing I remember from that, from that event. And so I think that was maybe a response to that too. And I think he actually in his way felt grateful for it and has kind of increased that feeling as the years have gone by. Well, buy yourself a wool hat and some gloves and have a good time. And we'll talk to you (laughs) when you get back. Thanks, Chuck. Thank you from Lake Ontario. (laughs) Chuck Culpepper, boys and girls. We have not given you enough of the PGA. We're going to come back with Steve Sands. I'm Tony Kornheiser. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Once again, this is Ani Kress. Might be Annie, but it's A-N-I, and I've been saying Ani. We'll call it Ani for right now. For right now, unless she writes us and says, you're a moron. It's Annie. And I would say if it was Annie, wouldn't, wouldn't there be another, another N, N and an E yeah. or something like that? She can really sing. Yes. This is called Let Your Light Shine. It's a motivational song with beautiful poetry part written by Claudius West. Michael, if people like Ani Crest want to send us their original music for us to play, how do they do it? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at com. And she plays in Steve Sands. We've already talked to a bunch of people from the PGA, but we're not, we haven't asked them the questions we're going to ask. Yeah, Sands, was he hanging out with Josh Allen and Von Miller? Yeah, were you hanging out with Josh Allen and Von Miller the other day? No, no. As soon as Josh Allen said that he likes the fact that people yell mashed potato off the team, <laughs> I was like, okay. Uh, I have to check the bills off the list. <laughs> All right. Where are you staying? What's the hotel? What are, what are the accommodations? Uh, you're not happy, Tony. No, you're not happy at all. This is this is a, a zero robe hotel. No. You're, you're not a very happy man this week. The only thing that makes me happy uh, with the hotel situation is, is that it's somewhat in the proximity of Binghamton, which gets me excited. I love being near Binghamton. Wait a second, Binghamton's like two hours away <laughs> from Rochester. How far yeah. out of town are you? You know how you know how sometimes. Not sometimes, but every once in a while, maybe even more than every once in a while, you like to exaggerate by giving some insane number, even though it's like 14. You say, like, he's done that a million times. Right. It feels as if we're about two hours away. Okay. But we're not. 
It's okay. You didn't go through Binghamton on your way to Rochester, did you? You didn't I did stop. not go through Binghamton. I do not have a heated toilet seat. Mm. Uh, there's no robes in the closet. It's a, it's, this is not a very good Tony week. Did you bring warm clothing? Oh, man. <laughs> wow. Uh, it was freezing yesterday, uh, and they knew it was coming this morning. Uh, and it's cold again, man. There's a, a long delay uh, for frost, which is something you don't hear a lot at major championships. But when the PGA moved from August to May, and a lot of venues that the PGA of America likes to take its PGA championship are you know, north of you know where you would think golf would be played, even in May, they knew that something like this would happen. Uh, when you go above the Mason-Dixon line in May, you never know what's going to happen. Uh, and, and Rochester, it is chilly, man. I mean, mid-30s. Mid-30s. Now, it's going to be very warm. Uh, it's going to warm up. It's going to be nice the rest of the week. It might rain a little bit on Saturday. There will be no more frost delays, but a frost delay at a major is a rarity. Right. I, when I watch, when I put on the Golf Channel at odd times, and I see the European tour, and yeah. and quite frequently in places like Sweden or Germany or wherever it is in Europe, in Scotland, in Ireland, you see people really bundled up. So I've gotten used to that visually, but it's hard to play in that. If you go off this morning and tomorrow afternoon, that's not as good as going off this afternoon and tomorrow morning, right? Yeah, every major championship, pretty much every week on the PGA Tour, they're called wades. You either play early on Thursday, late. On, on Friday to switch it up over 36 holes or late early, as you said. And usually there is a wave that is a better wave to come from as far as giving yourself an opportunity on the weekend. Now, at the Masters, there was a clear difference between early, late, and late early, but John Rahm was a winner, and he was on the wrong side of yeah. the good wave. So you never know exactly how that's going to take place. That is a much bigger deal, I always thought, at the Open Championship when we're over at Royal Liverpool, say, this summer, uh, when the weather can get really crazy over there, literally minute by minute. Uh, but in the United States, they, they at the three other major championships, uh, it plays a factor. But, again, a couple of last month at Augusta, it didn't matter to John Rahm, who was definitely on the wrong wave, uh, and he ended up winning the green jacket. So I said this the other day to somebody, and I don't remember who it was. But Rochester, New York, was really something when Eastman Kodak was in business. Yep. And I felt that in, in my lifetime, if you asked me what is, what is the one sort of business situation that you never, ever, ever would see coming, I understand when retail stores go out. I understand that Lord & Taylor goes out. I understand that Montgomery Ward goes That's That's different. That's retail. That's whim. Eastman Kodak going out, they invented the Polaroid. Are you kidding me? They were ahead of everybody all the time, and I thought necessary to the United States, and they're out. They're out. Yeah, it's 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 sad as far as the economy goes uh, and all of those types of jobs. But Rochester's bumping, man. There's a lot of people here. Good. Uh, it's a really good sports town. Um, not that they've attached themselves to Buffalo, but you, you get that Western New York vibe. Do not call it upstate New York, by the way. <laughs> call it Western New York in Rochester and also in Buffalo. And, you know, look, I, I, 
businesses get run over all the time yeah. uh, with technology. I mean, I don't remember the last time I, I went to purposely go into a taxi as opposed to an Uber. Uber just kind of ran over right. uh, the taxi industry, uh, which makes all of us of a certain age very sad. Um, the same thing with, with Kodak. I mean, IBM has a huge presence. Uh, Kodak, there's some other companies uh, in Rochester that have a huge presence, but Kodak was Whoa. monstrous, man. I mean, remember how you shook the shook the paper thing to try to yeah. get the picture to come from dark to, to color and all <laughs> yes. those kinds of things? Um, they were way you know, ahead. That, they they sent people to, to the moon. Yeah. That's exactly. how far ahead they were. You well, know, if you said that to our kids, if you said that, you know, the shaking of the picture, you know, shake it like a Polaroid picture, they yeah. think of it as a song. They don't think of it as actually, you know, actual lyrics in a song as opposed to actually really happening in our lives. Do you know, um, are you familiar with the supermarket Wegmans? Do you know oh, what that is? Man, Wegmans. Well, man, my sister lives in Marlton, New Jersey. Okay. She calls me every Sunday morning, Tony, because <laughs> she's going to Wegmans. She is so fired up to go to Wegmans. <laughs> Michelle, Michelle Kiwi loves Wegmans more than any other store I can possibly fathom. Okay, so, and that is a deserved love. Wegmans started in Rochester. Mark Tui's friend, childhood friend, Danny Wegman, he started it. I mean, Wegmans, Wegmans, for example, the Wegmans in Binghamton, people spend the entire day there. They eat their meals there at Wegmans. It's just, it's not just... A, a grocery store. It's it's a lifestyle, Wegmans. It's I'm really. You, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. My sister loves Wegmans. Now, she's a DC kid. Yeah. You know, she's a giant Safeway kid, and she loves Wegmans. Wegmans is a big deal. You know what I had the other day, huh? Tony? I don't know if they have this in Binghamton. They probably don't because the woman said to me, "You've never." They only have it in Rochester. I said, "I went to go get a hot dog," and they said, "Okay, would you like a red or a white?" No, the white. Mark Tui uh, gets them right. sent down from Rochester. Right. He made me one the other day. They are well, the poor no hot dogs. They're tremendous. Veal and pork. I, I had no idea. I said yeah. I've had millions of hot dogs in my life. I nope. said, uh, red or a white? She goes, the lady said, if you want a regular hot dog, you can go anywhere. If you want a white hot dog, yeah. it only gets served here in Rochester. I said, well, sure. give me the white. That's and throw the meat sauce on it, and it was fabulous. It's great. Man. No, it's great. Mark cooked them the other day. It was, it was absolutely great. We've talked a lot about golf in this segment. It's made me very happy. <laughs> are you familiar, and I don't think you are, you know, and I, I don't want to embarrass you. Do you know this guy, one of the guys Why who stop? made it, Why one of the PGA now? guys? Chris, Why stop now? Ahead, Chris Sanger, is that f- name familiar to you at all, Chris Sanger? He's, he's uh, one of the guys who, who qualified in for, as a PGA oh. pro. I was going to say, I know the name, but I do not know the person. Okay, so, so I'm, I'll talk about this because, like, this is cool for me. Um, I, I'm looking at, I'm looking at a, uh, in my house, a, a big sort of, not a plaque, but a, a, a big collection of golf scorecards. And one of them right in the middle is from Woodstock Golf Club. Woodstock Golf Club is in Woodstock, New York. Woodstock, New York is famous for the yeah. Rock and Roll Festival in the late 60s that was not held in Woodstock, New York. It was Max, supposed to be, but Max it was Yasga. not. Yeah. It was held on Yasger's farm, uh, much closer to White Lake, New York. But Woodstock is still Woodstock. Steve, it's a nine-hole golf course. The only yeah. par five is about 450 yards. I've played it a bunch. My friend Michael Kerr is a member there because he's got a summer home up there. And this guy's the pro from a nine-hole golf course without a driving range, without a driving range, and he qualified, 
And Woodstock, New York is probably, it's not more than 150 miles away, I wouldn't think, from Rochester. It's a really cool story. I read a story about this kid the other day. Now, he's probably going to shoot 165 in the first two (laughs) rounds. But one of the great things about, to me, about the PGA is that they hold, what do they hold, 20 spots for PGA pros? 20 spots. Isn't that nice? One of the cool things about major championship golf is it's a lot like grand slams in tennis. They take on their own identity. The U.S. Open is the ultimate grind, the test all the way through the bag. Who can break par, that kind of thing, on a brutally tough golf course. You know, that's the way it's always been over the years. The Open Championship is the world's major championship. Anybody can qualify. Uh, Anybody can step up to the plate and try to go win the Clara Jug this summer at Royal Liverpool. The Masters has that Wimbledon type of elegance, you know, and, and then you know, the, the French Open has that outlier with the red clay. Well, the PGA Championship is a bit of an outlier in major championship golf because of exactly what you just said, Tony. They have spots yeah. for their own. Reserved. The PGA of America, the PGA professionals who we see in clubhouses and pro shops anywhere you go, no matter whether it's public or private, you see them all over the place. They have 20 spots with a chance to, let's face it, try to make the cut would be a win for them. They're not going to oh. be able to compete against the no. best players, but... It's one of the unique things. Oh, not one of the. It's, it's a double entendre. It's one of the things that makes it cool uh, that major championship golf, like Grand Slam tennis, all four of them have their own nuance, and that's the nuance the PGA has. And I think it's really cool. It used to be 25 guys, Tony. They dropped it down to 20, and I hope they don't go any lower. I think it's a really neat part of the whole process. It's nice. It's nice. Uh, by the way, uh, we had Doug Ferguson on yesterday. And he yeah, said the Saudi thing is basically nothing now among the pros. Like, it's, it's, there's no particular contention. Do you get that same sense, that it's a non-story at the moment? It's a non-story at the moment. Uh, the only real big thing that could happen moving forward, Tony, is if a big-time PGA Tour player goes. It feels like, now there's a long way to go here, but it feels like that wave of, of great players like DeChambeau and Johnson and Kepka and those Cam Smith, those kinds of guys, has kind of been thwarted for now. Uh, but if one of those guys takes the bait and goes, yeah. then the story ratchets up again. But for now, it feels like with the PGA Tour finding a billion dollars of loose change under the couch, yeah. Yeah. has kind like of Phil said. Yeah. PGA Tour players uh, at bay and has kept uh, live away. Yeah. Um you have a sense of the course. I was told that at one point at, at one of the tournaments there, Arnold Palmer was like 32 over par, and that it's it's a place where you win at minus 3 or minus 4 and not minus 15. Yeah, U.S. Opens are different than PGA Championships. If they held a U.S. Open at Oak Hill, I think it would be much, much, much more difficult because the setup would be much more challenging. Oak Hill is a beast, man. It is a great, great golf course. Kind of like Wingfoot uh, in the fact that it's old-school New York, tree-line, thick, rough. But the PGA of America, fast greens, the PGA of America tends to ease off the pedal just a touch. Mm-hmm. They don't mind 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 under par, that kind of thing, whereas the USGA does not like that with the U.S. Open. So I do not think there's going to be a lot of great scoring uh, this week. Uh, but I do think that they will be able to attack the golf course in certain spots. Oak Hill is, is a worthy, worthy uh, major championship venue. It is an awesome track. 
You got a name you want to tell us that's going to come from out of the distance and win this thing? Out of the distance. You know, I, I can't get off of Matt Fitzpatrick. He is tough. I mean, the kid looks like he just got bar misfit. Yeah. And he is just a baller. He is tough. He's, he plays well on tough golf courses and plays well in tough conditions. Uh, and I think that Matt Fitzpatrick, kind of a Tyrrell Hatton, and you, if you don't put John Rahm in your trifecta this week, I think you're out of your mind. So I'll go with Rahm, Hatton, and Matt Fitzpatrick, and a real outlier, like a 90-to-1 shot. Uh, take a look at Harris English. Harris English might perform well this week. Okay, we'll keep those names in mind. Enjoy yourself to the degree you can with a hotel that is obviously a subpar. <laughs> subpar. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. Luckily, we don't spend a lot of time at the hotel during major championships. Thank you, thank you. All right, guys, take care. Steve Sands, boys and girls. We will have email and jingle when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. an accordion right that is we assume that's an accordion yes that's lovely terrific why don't you do the bethesda bagel ad ah bethesda bagels we love them you will as well just go to bethesdabagels.com for the location in the dc area nearest you then pop on in and you will be thrilled that sesame bagel yesterday mm, hot yes, that was hot, a treat fresh. really yeah, good that's very real are they hot today not no. as, not quite as hot as they were yesterday mm. but still very good oh, it was hot yesterday it's great but before we get to the mailbag let me just say, as I was motivating over the hill, I saw Maybelline and Coupe de Ville. Cadillac rolling an open road, nothing outrun my V8 Ford. Cadillac doing about 95, bumper to bumper, rolling side by side, Maybelline. Um, you gave me the first line, and I did the entire song. <laughs> yes, you did. Chuck Berry. Was not surprised, by Chuck the way. Chuck Berry is a god. He is. Chuck Berry is a god. Yeah, Mount Rushmore, first stone. Chuck Berry and Elvis, definitely on it, early rock and roll. Yeah. You can, we can debate a lot of other people. But those two. We can debate Little Richard. We can debate Jerry Lee Lewis. We can debate Fats Domino. We can debate... Everybody who was written for in the Brill Building, but we cannot debate Chuck Berry <laughs> and Elvis Presley. No. Thanks to our guests today, Chuck Culpepper, Steve Sands. Thanks to our sponsors today, Sunday and Trade Coffee. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. Get the show through Apple Podcasts. Please leave us a review. It's performance season. TK5 still active. Even though he, he's, oh, he's, 10, he's passed, he's, he's going for the cycle. He's he, almost yeah, he's 10 RBI, except <laughs> for the double play he grounded into in the eighth yesterday. Not so good. No, not so good. <laughs> no, a, a very common 6 4 3 double play, and he's out by 12 feet. All right. So this, well, comes, specific. this comes from James uh, Justin Kent in Stockholm, Sweden. Oh, Venom. He says, Dear Mr. Tony, it's a message to Fab Nicolau in Melbourne, Australia. Hey, Fab. I'm in Melbourne for the next month playing with the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra. Heard your mail, your email on TK's last podcast. I thought, hey, I'm in Melbourne. Let's meet up. <laughs> Going to the footy game on Sunday at the Melbourne Cricket uh, Ground, Section 32. 
row FF, Q32, row FF. See you there. First beer's on me. I'll be in the yellow Sweden jersey. Or email me and I'll hook you up with tickets to the symphony. How great is this? I mean, come on. How great is this? Littles helping littles. From Jack in Boca Raton. I humbly submit my one in a million story. My father was nearly killed in a car accident around Christmas 2001. He wound up making a miraculous recovery and wanted to take a trip to Barbados the following Christmas. He was stationed there in the Navy in the 70s, and from the stories, he had a pretty good time. While we were there, he wanted to go find the off-base house he lived in, and we obliged. We found the house called Carmville, and he walked up and knocked on the front door. A man opened the door and asked what my father needed. My father told him he'd lived in this house when he was stationed there. Without missing a beat, the man in the house responds to my father, I remember you. You gave me your surfboard when you left. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Without missing a beat, my father snaps back and says, it's been long enough. I'm here to get it back. <laughs> long story long, my father rented the house from this man's mother and had taught him how to surf nearly 40 years before. He let us know that after getting to know my father and his friends, he decided to move to the United States and chose New York City as his landing place. He returned to Barbados shortly after. From James in Atlanta, Georgia, if it's not too late for impossible stories, here's one for you. I participate in a scavenger hunt for charity every year named Gish. It's run by Misha Collins, an actor of some note who at the time of this tale was living in Vancouver, Canada. When I signed up for Gish one year, there was a reward tier where you provide a friend's email address, and Misha, at some point in the future, records a nice message for that friend and sends it to him. I gave my friend Charlie and then promptly forgot about it for a year and a half. Charlie lives in Seattle. I live in Atlanta. We never see each other, but he had some frequent flyer points and suggested we and our wives meet up somewhere halfway for a random trip, and we chose Chicago. One night, we went to some fancy pants restaurant called Spiaggia, where I'm sure Wilbon gets free food. (laughs) And while we were eating our meal, a recognizable figure walked into the restaurant right past our table. It was Misha Collins. Much debate we had over whether we should go say hi or not, but he was with his wife. We decided against introducing ourselves and interrupting his evening. We paid for our meal and walked back to the hotel. As we arrived, Charlie checked his email, and there it was, an email from Misha Collins containing a voice memo to both me and Charlie celebrating our friendship. It was sent 30 minutes prior while we were all in the same restaurant together in a city where none of us lives. From Shane O'Malley in Pittsburgh, last year I wrote into the show and I recommended you purchase a decoy owl to help protect your crops from pesky squirrels. You read my letter on the air, which was the highlight of my day. I write to you again today as a reminder to buy one for the upcoming season. They only cost around 20 or $30 on Amazon, and they work. Best of luck. Do you have a follow-up? On their way. We have ordered them. Uh, I, th- I believe they come as a pair. That's fine. So we will... Uh, we will we be- don't want to separate the pair. We'll put them... We have enough planters. We'll put yes. them on. Oh, we have a pair of planters. Yes. Yeah, we're good on that. From Ryan Corlin. second one built yesterday. Saw it. It's yeah. fantastic. Thank you. From I Ryan Corlin, Charleston, West Virginia. <laughs> In case your old friends Brooks Robinson and Reggie Jackson don't call you on Thursday, it's all of our birthdays. Also, my bosses, which is an oddity I discovered yesterday after over five years working together. Not quite one in a million, but a funny coincidence nonetheless. From Greg Thomas in Cincinnati. Your voice has been heard. Congress is investigating why your favorite insurance company denies so many claims. According to the article, which I have the link to, about 80% of claims are denied. 80%. How do they stay in business? I'd find a new provider quickly. There was a column in the Washington Post online yesterday about this, about the unbelievable amount of medical claims that are denied by insurance companies that you pay money to to fund you when you're ill. It's an unbelievable column. And Cigna and the ProPublica article are right up there. Yes. And Cigna, they're thieves. (laughs) They're simply thieves. Again, what does Cigna stand for? I, I forget the acronym. What is it again? Calculated 
Calculated indifference <laughs> gives no aid. Cigna. Calculated indifference gives no, no aid. aid. There we go. And Disney, a, a, a family, a company for families, should not have Cigna. No. They're thieves. From Eric Robbins in Silver Spring, Maryland. Maybe Pablo can come help Michael assemble the other planter next weekend. <laughs> I mean, he's already familiar with the backyard and that Harvard education's yep. got to be good for something, right? Yeah, I guess my master's is worth nothing to you. <laughs> you're out on your bike tonight, everyone, as always, do wear what? I'm going to solve. No, right. no you're not. You're more. Cornokuro cabinet. Uh. <laughs> you're an idiot.
into action be the attraction be bold show your soul and through its glow show them god tie your dreams to a rocket and look forward believing at all time that you are meant to mingle among stars in the cosmos of endless possibilities set sail and when your journey takes you far from home all alone and you feel like you've lost your soul just know that there's a new world out here and so too a new yet undiscovered you a new you to uncover in a new world of your creation should you dare to branch out and dare to explore i know it's scary but when you feel yourself sinking in an ocean of fear and doubt know that hope floats and belief in self is the rising tide lifting your boat on your journey you may fall before you rise so when not down make sure to get back up Life may push you around, beat you down, and you may even lose some ground, but never give up hope. Today is the promise, tomorrow is the dream, and yesterday is the lesson. So when you make it, remember your journey to this destination. Take pride in your walk through the darkness, for the pain and hard times is the spark to your flame. Light the way. Na, 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 na. Shaking and I'm breaking, I have tears. I've been feeling paralyzed after all these years. But every else it's unlikely I reach that goal of mine. You're the book we're telling me one step at a time. Let your light shine. Let your light shine. Knowing that it's possible Information has 
shine, shine.